All right. Good morning, family. Everybody doing all right today? Woo! You got to fake it till you make it sometimes when the hogs lose. I understand. I get it. Hey, at least you weren't at the game because those people, they went to the game, they lost, and they didn't get to come to church. So at least y'all get to come to church this morning. Uh, good to see everybody. If I haven't met you yet, my name is James. I'm the pastor here at NLC Cap. So glad that you're here with us today. We had a great time last week at our grand opening. How many guys appreciate our lead pastor, Rick Bizet? That was a great word from him. Woo! Y'all never cheer that loud for me. That's okay, though. That's all right. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about a subject that, if, as soon as I say it, some of you may have the tendency to be like, well, I don't even know why I came today. But I want you to be careful with that because I really believe it's going to apply to everybody. Because today I want to I talk about marriage. I want to talk about relationship, that covenant relationship between a man and a woman. Now, we understand that not everybody is at the same status when it comes to marriage. In fact, in the state of Arkansas, 52% of the state of adults are not married. We get that. We also understand that people are in different places within the relationships of marriage. Some of you, you've been divorced. Some of you have been divorced a couple of times. And we're definitely not trying to get you to look in the rearview mirror and have all the regret and the hurt and allow the enemy to try to bring any kind of shame and condemnation into your life. We want you to be able to move forward into God's healing and find what's next for your life. But we also know that understanding covenant and understanding how God set this whole thing up applies to everybody. So everybody in this room needs to hear this, whether you're a student or whether you're single, whatever you're, wherever you're at, these are biblical principles that really apply to you because it applies to your relationship with God and then it applies to the relationship that you have with the people around you. So this week, in talking about marriage, we're going to be unpacking a lot of different dynamics out of where we are in the year of the Bible, in the book of Ephesians. A couple of days ago, we started that book. Basically, first couple of chapters are just establishing that Ephesians is the new covenant. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago through Galatians, how important it is to understand the grace and forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ on the cross. And Ephesians, Paul is writing this from prison like real social injustice that he's experiencing. And he's still writing this from a heart of grace and forgiveness and unity. It's really important that we understand that the world is waging war on the institution of marriage, especially in our culture, especially in this nation. The way the world approaches marriage so often these days is that marriage is a contract. It's a contract. In fact, there's other countries in the world that that's exactly how they set it up. Back a few years ago, even in Mexico, they tried it for a little bit, where marriage was just a contract. They had a two-year contract. So you go sign a two-year contract, and after two years, you didn't like it, then you just get out of it, like a hunting license. But there's a big difference between a contract and covenant. In a contract, we do everything we can to protect our rights and limit our responsibilities. But in a covenant, we give up our rights and we pick up our responsibilities. But too often, we don't get those responsibilities. Really, it's, it's enough just to try to figure out the differences between men and women. Because we're different. 
so different. But I want to talk, I'm getting a lot of anger. You're going to have a very bruised arm by the end of this service if you're sitting next to your wife. There's big differences between men and women. Like the bathroom. The average woman thinks the bathroom is a place of socializing. Like you'll be at the restaurant, you won't even need to go to the bathroom. But y'all go in your herds into the bathroom. You go in there. I guess there's like couches in there and you just sit in there and you talk about life and feelings. That'll never happen with a man. I've never been sitting around eating dinner and some guy friend of mine sitting across the table. He's like, hey, Bennett, you want to go to the bathroom? That is the day that relationship is over. Like I'm shutting that down. And for sure, like when men are in the bathroom, we don't even look at each other. Like, we avoid eye contact. We barely even talk. But if we talk, we're not going to look at each other while we talk. And it's just more like grunting, like just real primitive communication. Hey, what's up? Uh, hey, uh. We sure aren't going to be shaking hands, that's for sure. Like, that is where rock was invented, right there. It's like, what's up? Not going to look at you, but what's up? There's some big differences between men and women. We exist in different concepts of time. You ever ask your wife, hey, sweetheart, um, how much longer till you're ready? About five minutes. We all know that is a lie. Our wives lie to us sometimes. But here's the deal. Wives, you ever ask your husbands how many minutes are left in the game? How much longer till the game's over? Oh, about five minutes. Y'all know that ain't right. So here you go, wives. Next time your husband asks you how long it's going to take for you to get ready, just tell him it's going to take me about five minutes football time. And then you got to cover it, see? You get right out of that. We have differences in each home between husbands and wives. In most homes, there's, there's one that is an early riser. How many early risers in the house? Early risers? Okay. Woo! How many night owls? Come on, where are my night owls at? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, okay? But typically, you got one or the other in, in every house. And then you got some in one house where one is very generous, okay? Just want to buy stuff for people all the time, just give money away like it grows on trees. And then the other person's like the tightwad, like, uh, we ain't spending money on nothing. I don't care if it's winter, put some more clothes on. <laughs> in every house, you, you have the one person that's, just really, really affectionate and touchy. And, and then the other person, it's the porcupine. Like, stay off me. Stay away from me. Typically, in every relationship, you have one person that is all about intimacy. Like, they love sex. And the other is stupid. And, uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love the setup for that joke. It's just my favorite. This week, in the book of Ephesians, it gives us a really great picture of understanding how the other person in our relationship works. And the Lord gives us clear instruction on this is how they're going to work and this is what you need to understand so this marriage, this covenant can work well. But this applies in relationships across the board, no matter what your status of, of marriage is. So let's look at this in Ephesians 5.21. It says this. 
Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And every man loves that verse. I'm going to get that little tattooed. I'm going to put it on the refrigerator. See how that works out for you. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. But the husbands don't always read this part. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is quoting Genesis. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. The right spirit of marriage is a spirit of forgiveness and of grace. But one of the biggest concepts to understand in marriage is that the husbands need to be respected and the wives need to be loved. In this scripture, God never asked the wife to love the husband. He asked the wife to respect the husband. He asked the husband to love the wife. Because he understands how we love and how we receive love. How do you keep love and respect in your marriage? First of all, you got to study your spouse. You got to study your spouse. I don't know how it was for you in school growing up, but I did everything I could to get out of studying my classes. I studied a lot of other stuff, like I studied sports. I studied girls, like I spent a lot of time studying girls, but I didn't spend a lot of time studying my classes. Why? Well, I was much more passionate about studying some things than other things. You will study whatever you are most passionate about. Song of Psalms is this book where the whole thing is set up like this intense study of the opposite sex, of, of, of Solomon studying the lover, writing about lovers. Here's the deal, though. As much effort as he put into doing this, he still got it wrong. Let me give you an example. This is Song of Solomon 4.1. How beautiful you are, my darling. Okay, he's getting it right. This is good. He's doing really good. And he realizes that was really good, so let's just repeat that. How beautiful. Your eyes behind the veil are like doves. That sounds good, right? And then he says this. 
Next verse. And your hair is like a flock of goats. Here's the deal. Even no matter if you spent your whole life studying this thing, you're still not going to get it all. This is why in the body of Christ, we need community. This is why we have life groups. This is why we study marriage. This is why we have a ministry called Reengage. We're getting ready to roll out that just focuses on couples and marriages and, and trying to get stronger in marriage and learning from those that have strong marriages. But we've got to be in a place where we are committed to studying our spouses and figuring out how they tick. My wife and I are very different. I'm thankful for that. Sometimes it's frustrating. Like when we're at church, I'm always trying to get Cody. Cody, we got a lot of people at our church. You need to get really good at going and being able to connect with someone and have a conversation and then move on. We call it stick and move. You find someone, you talk to them, make sure you give them attention, you look in their eye, have a short conversation, and then you're moving on. Cody has only figured out the stick part. (laughs) She will find one person and she will just talk to that person for a whole hour. That's it. Because we're different. Because to her, she's always focused on everybody else. Me, I'm a lot more focused on myself. That's the truth. But a lot of it's just because we're different. 1 Peter 3, 7 says this, live with your wife in an understanding way. Okay, men, you've got to get this. It starts with you making this effort. You have got to lead in this first, to study your wife. Ephesians 5, 33 says this, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Pastor Rick talked a little bit about this last week. God knows how much men love themselves. I mean, a man, you can't really ever find anything wrong with himself. A woman can be standing in front of a mirror and just see like a little blemish on her face and just like her whole world falls apart. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't think I can go out in public today. A man can stand in front of the mirror, be 60 pounds overweight, hair growing out of his back, and be like, yeah, baby, come on now. Sexy. Because men love themselves. So this is saying, you've got to understand how your wife needs to be loved. And if you will put as much energy and attention into that as you put in loving yourself, it's going to work out really, really well. There's a book written by Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Love Languages. It's a great book. If you have a chance, you should read this thing because it will help you out in understanding the different ways that people give and receive love. Okay, so here's, here's the love languages as he broke it down in the book. First of all, there's acts of service, okay? That's just where you like to go and do things for someone. And you like people to do things for you. Quality time. Not just time, but quality time. We'll talk some more about that. Gifts. People that like to give gifts and receive gifts. Words of affirmation. When you like just, you need to be encouraged. You need to be told how great you are. Okay, and then there's physical touch. Okay, and those are the five. Mine, I kind of made a hybrid. Mine is quality touch. I just kind of put a couple together there. It just, it's not really in the book, but I'm going to add a chapter. So uh, there's different ways that women feel loved. So I'm going to apply these in regards to how we study our wives, men. First of all, some women love to feel loved when they are touched. 
Okay? Some women, they feel love when they're touched. And if you're married to a woman who feels love when they're touched on behalf of all the other men in the room, we just want to say we hate you. Because, <laughs> because you got a maid, man. But here's the deal. This is where men almost never get it right. This is not sexual touch. It's not just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some. It's not that kind of touch. It's affectionate. It's cuddling. It's holding their hand. It's just, it's rubbing their back. It's, it's doing things just so they just want to know that you're near, that you're close, that you're affectionate. Men have a really difficult time understanding this. If I tell a man, like, there's more than just sexual touch, they look at me like a cow staring at a new gate, like, what? <laughs> I don't even know what you, you're speaking a different language right now. I don't even know what you're saying. No, they did a study. They did a study because this is the way a man's brain works. This is the way, they did a study. They asked a group of men what days of the week they prefer to have intimacy on. And the, and the report came back that men prefer to have intimacy on all the days of the week that start with T. So that's Tuesday and Thursday, today and tomorrow, and Saturday and Tunday, and sometimes Twinsday, if we can get that in there too. Because that's just the way a man's mind thinks. But our wives, those that receive love through touch, they just need to feel that affection, to feel that closeness in their life. And here's the deal. There's over 6 billion people on the planet. Guess what? You only have to study one. And you were only really meant to study one. So study them. And study them well. Understand how this works for them. Some women feel loved when you spend time with them and talk. Now it's hard for a lot of men to talk. They don't want to talk. And you need to understand that that just because your wife may want to talk, it doesn't mean that they always want to talk about feelings. Because that's the thing that just drives men crazy. Like, how do you feel? I don't feel nothing. I have nothing. I don't feel anything. We're just not wired that way. So, So, men, relax. If your wife needs this kind of love, really what they just need, they need honest conversation. They just need real talk. They just need you to be able to turn off the TV and look at them in the eye and have a conversation. You ever notice those people that like when they talk to you, they're like looking at your ear? They're not looking at you. They're like looking past you. Men, we can have a tendency to do this. But what these women need, these women that need this kind of talk, they need you to really look at them and listen. And sometimes that's all you got to do is listen. And every once in a while, like, grunt to show some kind of human life. Like, huh. But just, just listen. Sometimes they need to just hang out with you. Spend time with you. But it's intentional time. It's intentional time doing something that they want to do. So it might be shopping. Okay? Cowboy up, dude. Sometimes you're going to have to go shopping. And I understand how this is. Cody, doesn't, Cody likes to go shopping. She does window shopping, though. I hunt. When I go into a store, I go with something I'm going to get. I'm going to get it and get out of there. That's what I do. But she, she's just good. She's just kind of wandering around. So it's not uncommon. We'll be in some women's clothing store. And then she wants to go try something on. This is always an awkward point for me because there might be lingerie hanging around there. 
She's back changing. I'm looking like a perv out there hanging out in the store. Just like. The lady's working there looking at me like, do we need to call security? I'm like, my wife says, she's back there in the changing room. She is back there. I promise. She's back there. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm sure she is. Sometimes they just need to spend time with them. Some women feel loved when you do something for them, okay? Now, here's the deal. I'm an acts of service person, okay? But I find that usually what, what Cody is looking for is not necessarily what I do for her, but it's the thought that I put in to doing it. It's the planning. It's the consideration of what I did. And that includes, she's, she's gifts. That's her big thing, gifts. Praise God. She likes getting gifts. But here's the deal. Most of the time, it's not that she wants big, expensive gifts. She just wants me to put a lot of thought into the gift. It's not necessary that she's always thinking about specific things she needs me to do. She just wants me to be considerate and put time and planning into what I do. Some women feel loved when you buy them stuff. Okay? Now, here's a couple hints. This doesn't apply to my wife, but if, if you're around... Your wife, and she wears a lot of bling, there's a good chance that's her gift. Her love language, gifts, okay? Or if they're always buying stuff for other people, there's a really good chance that her love language is gifts. Some people, or some women, they like all of these. And we call them high maintenance. (laughs) But you married her, dude, so do the work. You figure it out, and may God be with you. (laughs) You've got to figure out how your wife receives love. So here's two questions. Men, this is your homework. There's two questions that you can ask your wife. What have I done that has made you feel loved? The other question, what have I done that has made you feel unloved? That's your homework for the week. Ladies, your turn. Here it comes. First of all, ladies, you've got to recognize that he is created to work. He's created to work. Now, not all men get this, and some men are lazy. Okay? And some, some men, they don't pay attention to the rhythm of work that God set up. Because the rhythm is very, very clear. The rhythm is work, 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 rest. And some men don't get that. They're more like, rest, 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 maybe a little bit of work, rest, 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 work. We've said this before. Any single ladies in the house, you're looking for a man, not a boy, a man. Don't forget, before God gave Eve to Adam, Adam had a job, okay? So don't you settle for anything less either. But you have to understand, ladies, we find a lot of our identity in our work. And some men weigh too much and it's an idol and it's not okay. But most of the time we're finding a lot of our fulfillment and, and our identity at our work. But it's also the place that we get beat up the most. It's also the place that we get the most discouraged. So wives, please don't kick your husbands around when it comes to their work. Just encourage them. Encourage them. Support them, even if they're wrong. Encourage them and support them. Look, nobody can encourage me like Cody can encourage me. 
And here's the deal. Like, I don't go around like, I need everybody to give me compliments and stuff. Like, tell me how great I am. But it means a lot to me when Cody tells me that I did something well. It means a lot to me. You know, in the word of God, the Holy Spirit is called the helper. And you know, wives are called the helper too. I think there's such a strong correlation between those two things. That God intends for wives to be a voice of the Holy Spirit to their husbands, especially in the way that they encourage them and support them. Can I get an amen? Let him protect and provide. Let him protect and provide. I'm going to try to help you understand this. A few years ago, remember there was a shooting in a theater? You guys remember that shooting in the theater a few years ago? Do you know that three of the people that died were guys that were on dates with girls and girls that they didn't even really know. And they died trying to protect those girls that they didn't even know because it is built inside of us to protect and to fix. We need to feel like we can do that. God put it in us that way to protect Like, I'm not like a great fist fighter or anything. Most of the fights that I got in when I was growing up in high school and everything, like, I lost most of them, okay? Some of them I got third place in. Hard to explain. But, (laughs) so I'm not like, like, just like, great fight or anything like that. But here's the deal. Somebody starts messing with Cody, I will go Jason Bourne on them. I'll go crazy. A while back, somebody was messing with Cody. Just messing with her. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not having this. So I bowed up on them. Got that crazy eye, my crazy look in my eye. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, one step closer, there's no telling what would have happened. Thankfully, she turned her walker around and she went the other way. So I'm thankful for that. But but if she would have kept coming, it was all like Donkey Kong. Because I'm going to protect. Ladies, don't second guess every decision your husband makes. If you do that, they will feel like they are safe everywhere but with you. They need to feel like you're going to support them. And, And here's a tip, men. When your wife wants to have a conversation with you and she's telling you about something that's going on, a problem that's going on in her life, this is going to help you out. Before she gets into the conversation, stop her and say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? <laughs> All the wives are like, mm, oh, please. <laughs> because a lot of times the wife just wants you to listen. But here's the deal. The way that men show empathy is we fix it. That's the way we show empathy. We want to fix it. Wives show empathy a different way. They smack and hmm. <laughs> Women sitting around having a conversation with each other. And then what happened? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, he lost his toe. Oh, oh. Mm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Men are like, he lost his toe. Let's get him another one. Let's get him another one. We'll just get him another one. We're different. 
That's funny. I like that. <laughs> you got to get a little closer to his interest. Get a little closer to his interest. Not, not, not every man wants you to go hunting with him. Trust me. <laughs> You're going to ruin it. <laughs> but just make the effort in understanding what he likes. I appreciate Cody. She does this. And it's cool to me. She knows the teams that I like. And she follows them a little bit. She doesn't know half the stuff that's going on. But she'll just say, oh, hey, the Spurs played tonight. How'd it go? I'm like, oh, you are a woman. I'm going to go wash some dishes right now. I just appreciate that she understands the things that I'm interested in. And here's the deal. When guys go out to hang out with their buddies and do something... They just build relationship through doing it. And there'll be times I'll come home, I'll be like golfing with somebody or hanging out with one of the guys, and Cody like, what'd you guys talk about? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And then she thinks I'm trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. I know you talk about something. She's like, no. Like we literally can be best friends with the dude and never have a conversation. Like ever. This is the way we work. Here's another thing. To the ladies, don't let the devil in your bedroom. This next part is PG-13, so if your kids are here with you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You could have sent them to children's church because here it goes. <laughs> Hebrews 13:4. marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be kept undefiled for fornicators and adulterers. God will judge I didn't say it the word says it look single people if the person you're dating is pressuring you to have sex all the time there's a really good chance they are not going to guard your relationship with Christ ever because their priority is in a different place other than real love you have to understand that the devil, the devil is constantly doing everything he can to try to get people to have sex outside of marriage. And then once they get married, he's doing everything he can to keep them from having sex, to, to stop it, to shut it down. Because he doesn't want people to experience biblical intimacy. And he's trying to ruin this thing. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourself more completely to prayer. But then afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Every man in the house is like, see, it's spiritual. All we do is we pray and then we have sex. That is it. Like as soon as we say amen, it's on. The point is this, God has created men to need this. God has created us to need this. And it is not really fair for a lady to say, I want you to have eyes for me only. And then be a dead weight sexually. That's not fair. And some women would say, well, if he would give me what I would need, I would give him. No, you do your part unto the Lord. Because he told you to do it. And then you trust him. 
with the conviction and the grace. But do your part. You can't expect your husband to have an intimate conversation with you if you don't initiate intimacy with him. You can't expect that. It's not the way God made us. And ladies, even if you're the most selfish person in the room, you can't get what you need if they don't get what they need. It's just the way it works. I want you to try this this week. Just try it. Try that instead of every time you get offended about something he's not doing for you, you initiate intimacy with him. Try it. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. But just try it. Well, homework for the ladies. Ask your husband these two questions. What have I done that made you feel respected? Second question, what have I done to make you feel disrespected? So number one, study your spouse. Number two, pursue your spouse. Pursue your spouse. God wants us to pursue each other in marriage. In marriage, even more than we did before marriage. It's just not the way it works anymore. And so often, all the pursuit is before the marriage. And then the marriage happens, it's like, well, I got it, so done. You notice out on the playground, little boys and little girls chasing each other around? Like, that was my favorite activity when I was in school. Why does that have to change? Why does it have to change? Why can't husbands and wives continue to chase after each other? And pursue each other in different ways, just going after them. One of the things I've noticed is an object in possession seldom retains the same charm that it had in its pursuit. You've got to change that in marriage. Here's some warning signs. Here's some warning signs that this is happening, that the pursuit is lessening. you got nothing to talk about. You've got nothing to talk about. There's no excitement when you get home to see them. There's no laughter. TV is the only thing you have in common. These are some warning signs. How do you solve it? Date nights. Date days. Texts and calls during the day. Be creative. Show pursuit. The most successful people that I know, whether that's success in relationships or success in business, know when their spouse needs to be pursued. And they will move heaven and earth to make sure that it happens. They will cancel business trips. They will cancel appointments. They will take a day off of work to make sure that their spouse feels pursued. Those are the most successful people I know on every level. The people that prioritize this. Number three, keep your spouse as a top priority. Top priority. No marriage is good just because of chemistry. Maybe when you were dating, but those are just chemicals flying around in the air and they go away. And no marriage is good just because you're like soulmates. Like that only happens on the Hallmark Channel, okay? Men, stay away from that channel. It will change you. 
Next thing you know, you will want to take bubble baths, listen to Michael Buble. It's just going to, trust me, just stay away from that channel. You're welcome. But you've got to make them your top priority. Genesis 3, or Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Okay, now here's the deal. This is prophetic because Adam and Eve, this is God speaking around Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't have a mom and dad. Okay, so this is speaking to us. What does this mean? Okay, there's two laws of marriage. First is the law of priority. The law of priority, okay? So this is outlined in, in the leave part. That you leave what was important to you, and this becomes more important to you. Your marriage becomes your number one priority. This is what you pursue. Your number one priority is not your kids, it's not your work, it's not your hobbies. It's your spouse. That's your number one priority. Okay? Number two, the law of pursuit. To leave and cleave. Okay? Cleave. Now this is a Hebrew word that we don't really understand, but basically it just means that you pursue something with all of your energy and passion. You pursue it. You leave and you cleave. These are laws for us. God set it up from the very beginning. Make it their priority and then pursue it. Luke 16.10 says this, He who is faithful in very little things is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in very little things is also unrighteous in much. Guys, lay down your lives for your wives. I get so sick of hearing of selfish, childish husbands that think that you have the right to be hurt or offended. And wives, the same thing. If you are a Christ follower, guess what? You laid down your right to be offended. You took up the cross of Jesus Christ. Does hurt happen? Yeah, hurt does happen. Should you just subject yourself to abuse? No. You should be wise. Lay down your life for people. There's too much offense happening in our nation. People think they have the right to be offended. Christ followers. It's unbiblical. It's it's just not even from God. First Peter 4 8 says this the most important, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. One of the best movie clips that we've ever shown that illustrates this pursuit. It's, it's from the movie Up. How many of you guys have seen the movie Up? Okay, if you have kids, you've seen it 6,000 times. But I love this, this series because what it does is it brings attention to the fact that life is a vapor. You, it happens so fast. Life happens so fast. We need to live life in pursuit of laying down our lives for those that we have relationship with. Let's watch this together.
one of the things that I always try to make a point whenever I'm doing premarital counseling or marriage counseling or even if I'm doing a, a wedding ceremony is that the most important thing that you can understand in relationship with your spouse or really in relationship with anybody else is this. Make your pursuit your identity in Christ. When you make him your priority and knowing who you are in him, he fills you up to the point that you overflow and you overflow into the relationships that are around you. The way that I pursue Cody, the way that I love her is not out of my own strength. It is because daily I experience Christ's love for me and it fills me up. And it helps pour into the people that are around me. That is my ministry. My ministry is the overflow of my life lived in intimacy with Jesus. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I just want to give you a chance today. The relationships in your life and especially with your spouse, it'll never be what God intended for it to be if you don't know first who you are in him. So I want to give you a chance to make that move towards him in relationship. If you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or lately, you know that that relationship is filled dry and distant. Maybe you need to come back to him this morning. If you're in either one of those places, I just want to give you a chance to respond to his spirit. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, but if that's you, would you please just raise your hand in this place? I want to pray with you. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Thanks, man. Got it. Got you there at the back. Yes, sir. As soon as I see, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? Coming around the room. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I just need to get right with Jesus today. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to rededicate my life to him today. Anybody else? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. For those few people that raise your hand, you can make a decision to follow Jesus right there in your seat. Your next step is to go public with that decision. The best way to do that is through water baptism. And right after our second service today, you, you'd have a chance to do that. We even got clothes for you to change it into. But right there in your seat, right now, just talk to God and just say something like this. Say, God, here's my life. I know that I've made a lot of mistakes. And I know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, right now, I invite you to come and be my Lord. I want you to have complete control of my life. I want to live according to your will and your word, not my will. And I thank you that as my Lord, that you also saved me from my sin. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. I want to live the rest of my life for you. Lead me by your word and by your spirit. I don't want to be connected to the body of Christ so I can live and be encouraged in that for you. I thank you for it. Father God, I pray your blessing and your protection over every person in this room.
over every marriage, over every single person who's not yet married, over every person who's experienced the hurt and the devastation of divorce. I thank you, God, that you would heal them. And I pray that you would protect their hearts, that you would guard their hearts, God, in the in-between time as they're waiting for you to show your next purpose and your next plan. And whoever and whatever that is, that in that time, God, they would honor you. They would trust in you. They wouldn't do anything out of their own timing, but they would wait on your timing. I thank you for that, God. God, we wanna be a people and we wanna be a church that protects covenant, that lays down our lives so that we can serve others and understanding how they need to be loved. We thank you for that. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give God a hand if you're thankful for him today.